Um, I'm here to, to um, set up where we are and what we're doing today. Um, we, uh, we just last week started a series called Open Doors, okay, Open Doors, and this series is all about something that we believe like in our bones, some might say like in the core of who we are as a church, that we have these core values, these things that we, we say like we believe if we're, if, we're reading the, if we're reading the scriptures sincerely and honestly, we believe God has asked us to, 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 to value certain things. And one of those values is that we believe that God has, has moved us to be a church that is what we call outreach-oriented, okay? That we do what we do, not just to, to gather sort of the already convinced of the world to come here and, and be part of what we're doing, but to actually reach our neighbors with the gospel message, the message that, that God loves them, that, but sin has separated them from him, that, that Christ died for those sins, and that we, through faith, can, can trust in God's gift. Like, that is the good news for the world. And we believe that, that like, God has given that to us. And so last week, we introduced this to you. And, and um, I'm here to, to put it in front of you again. So I don't, Matt, can you move forward a slide for me? Thank you. Okay, all right. This is, when we say we're outreach-oriented, this is what we mean. And if you were with us last week, I, I, like, I gave you, tried to, uh, to get you active to read this with me, and so I'm going to do it again, okay? I'm going to do it again. And, and there was a tendency, I know there was this tendency, okay, because I know what I would do if I were sitting in your spot. There's a tendency to look at that and say, well, half of that is for me, and the other half is not. But actually, the whole thing is for all of us, okay? So we're going to read this together. We're going to read this together in English. And en espanol, okay? So let's read this together. English first, you ready? Say, we, we believe the answers for all of life and eternity are found in a restored personal relationship with God through faith in Christ. We are committed to spreading his love and message to those who don't yet know it, empowering people to express their faith confidently and naturally, and cultivating purposeful relationships with unbelievers. We are dedicated to expanding our outreach, both personally and corporately, to our friends, family, community, and world. Okay, now all of us together in Espanol, and I will go slow, okay? Ready? Creemos que las respuestas para toda la vida y la eternidad se encuentran en una relación personal restaurada con Dios a través de la fe en Cristo. Nos comprometemos a difundir su amor y su mensaje a quienes aún no lo conocen, a capacitar a las personas para que expresan su fe con confianza y naturalidad y a cultivar relaciones con propósito con los no creyentes. Nos dedicamos a ampliar nuestro alcance tanto personal como corporativo a nuestros amigos, familia, comunidad y mundo. Okay? We, we are committed to being outreach-oriented together. Okay? That's why we're doing this series. 
And today we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to invite up um, Lee and Steve Zeidner to come share with us, okay? Um, for those of you who don't know, I'll let them sort of introduce themselves, but, but they are living examples of what we've, of being outreach oriented. Um, they have made a commitment to their neighborhood in a way that we would say we want you to hear about in the process that they've prayed through and gone through as, as they have done this thing it, with, their, with their neighbors. And so I'm going to hand it to them to share with you this morning. Great. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, we really want to just talk this morning about this question of what do you do when the Spirit asks you, or how do you respond when the Spirit asks you to do something? So this week, uh, our son Asher turned eight years old. He's back there. He, uh, so he wanted to have a birthday party, and his birthday is on Thursday. So he said, well, let's do a birthday party Thursday night. We're going to invite family, grandmas, grandpas, aunts and uncles, cousins, and we'll just have a get-together and have dinner and have fun with that. He said, okay, cool. That sounds good. Well, Wednesday, he comes home from school and says, hey, mom and dad, I invited my friend Avery to come over. And we're like, uh, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll add another person. He said, well, actually, I invited the whole neighborhood to come over. <laughs> uh, so, okay, I guess we can't uninvite them at this point. And <laughs> yeah, and so we're like, all right, how do we make this work? How are we going to say yes to this? So the next morning, we're, we're all walking to school together. So we have about five families in the neighborhood that we walk to school together. And we just invited them all to say, let's just come over and have cake and ice cream at our house at 7 o'clock after we do the family dinner. So and, and Granny had already taken care of the steak and the cake, so we had food done. And we're like, we have no idea if everyone's going to have cake or not, but this is what we're doing. Yeah, so... We eat dinner, a neighbor shows up at 6.30, we're kind of watching the clock for 7 o'clock to come around, and is anyone going to actually come? I mean, they were invited, but it was kind of this last minute thing, and one neighbor, another neighbor shows up, and we had four different families show up for cake and ice cream, and it was crazy. Our house, I don't think, was big enough, but, if, but I mean, everyone was in there, and they fit. There were kids running around, and it was a little bit crazy, and... It all worked out, and it was a fun time of like being able to just introduce family to our neighbors that we had talked about with them, uh, and vice versa, and just the kids ran around and had fun, and it was something we just stepped into and said yes at that moment. Another thing we said yes to also involves food. This is kind of where our whole neighboring journey started. A couple years ago, it wasn't even our idea. We had neighbors plan a chili cook-off, they invited everyone on the street and said, bring your chili. I think we made a chili that had like seven meats in it or something. It was delicious. Um, but we show up and we start to meet neighbors who people were coming out of the house that usually don't come out of the house. And so we're meeting those neighbors. We're getting to know names. And really, we kind of pinpoint that night as just saying yes to showing up as being the start of God putting our neighbors, our unbelieving neighbors, on our hearts. So back to this question of how do you respond when the Spirit asks you to do something? Do you say yes or do you say no? We're going to be uh, in a minute here in Mark 12, if you want to turn there. But um, my dad, around the time of this chili cook-off, my dad gave me this book called Out of the Fourth Place. 
And I don't know if any of you have read it, but it's, it's interesting. It kind of talks about that there's different places in our lives where we interact with people. So the first place being your home, second place being your workplace, third place being like restaurant, coffee shop, where you might meet people out, and the fourth place being church and country club, um, that kind of thing. And so just sort of breaking it down, but the interesting point that he made was so much of our time is spent in those first couple of places, in our neighborhood and at our workplace. And it got us thinking about what do, like, where are we involved in our neighborhood? I mean, we went to this chili cook-off, but like, this is where we, this, it's 2020, COVID just hit, we're all kind of at home right now, we're not going to a workplace, so what are we doing with our neighbors? And just this, this I guess, burden that God put on our heart is this idea of what my neighbor needs more than anything else is a restored relationship with Jesus Christ. So this was something that just, he just kind of keeps putting on our hearts over and over again. Um, so in Mark 12, uh, verse 28, it says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he, Jesus, answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And so we took this passage and we started, we felt like the Spirit was asking us, what if God meant to love your literal neighbor? Love God, love others, love your neighbor. And so I have a, a short video that we took last night. This is our neighborhood. Um, this is our, we live on a cul-de-sac. This is me on a bicycle, so, and there's our dog. Um, but this is, these are the people that God has put on our heart, and there are, there are still families. We don't know their names. We're still learning those. There are people we've connected with, but, but really, it was that question of, what if God is asking us to love our literal neighbor? And it comes down to following Jesus, and we're going to talk about just ways, small ways, that we've said yes over the past year or two in loving God and loving our neighbors. Yeah, and there's really four different questions that, um, again, we felt like the Holy Spirit was just asking us in this process. And so uh, in a minute, we'll be in Matthew 9, verse 9, if you want to turn there. Um, but the first question was really this idea of, will you be available? And it seems like a really simple question just will you be available? Will you show up? We showed up to the chili cook-off. I mean, that was easy. It was something to be available to, but what does that mean to do that in everyday life? And so in Matthew 9, it says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus was going to the place where people needed him. He was around the people. He wasn't sort of off on his own up in front of people, but he was with them. Um, and so for us, I think being available started to look like, are all our evenings of the week filled up with something that's going on? 
And if they are, what are, what are we going to say no to so we can say yes to just being at home with our neighbors and spending time with them? And so there's a lot of good things in our lives that we filled up with, but just this idea of saying no to some of those things was something that um, God really just put on our hearts. And so in one of the ways that we spend that time is just sitting on the front porch. Um, so you saw the video of the street that we live on, and there's a lot of, there's probably 10 or so kids that live on the street, and they come out and ride scooters, ride bikes uh, on the nice nights, and so we jump in and join them. Because we're cool parents. <laughs> yeah, and just be available. No, do you see our children back there? <laughs> they went, mm-mm. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, and just <laughs> just being able to engage them uh, when they're outside and when we're just there and around and available. And I would say too, being available for us isn't just protecting our schedule so we have time to physically be present in our neighborhood, to be outside, to be scootering, whatever, out back by the fire, but it's, um, Steve and I are both introverts and sometimes I have a tendency when I see our neighbors come out that I want to run inside and not talk to anyone. And so it's also, for me, it's being available mentally so I can actually come out and engage neighbors and say, oh, I don't want to, but hey, how's it going? And start to have a conversation and ask questions about their day. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's been freeing too to realize that we have freedom to just be who we are when we're interacting with our neighbors. And that's the next question that we felt like the Holy Spirit was asking us was, it's a simple question, but will you be you? And we'll be in Genesis 1 for this one at a just very foundational passage. But being, sharing Jesus with our neighbors can be a very simple thing. We don't have to be those people who plan the block parties Unless you are the type that loves planning block parties, that's fantastic. We're not. We'll show up, but we won't plan the things. Um, but in Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And this, this has hit home with us. And it, it hit home when we were singing about it, that there are 8 billion people plus in this world, all made in the image of God. That includes all of us here in this room. That also includes our unbelieving neighbors. And like Sean said, even the people we might not like. Yeah, and just think about that for a minute, that there's 8 billion expressions of God. We have, uh, Tom referenced last week, a neighbor that he had that doesn't like his dog, um, might be a little bit of a, of a hermit. We have some neighbors that are a little bit interesting as well. One neighbor who likes to sometimes run his mower at 11 o'clock at night. He even put headlights on it just so he could mow at night. That's just his schedule. I don't think he's doing it to be annoying. It's just, it's just what he does. But does it, any, I just want to ask, does anyone else have that one neighbor on their street or apartment complex or dorm that's just like, ugh? No one? You love your neighbors? There you go, Dave. Okay. So we're not alone in that. 
Yeah, and we've got we've got another neighbor who, every time we say hi, she just kind of like turns the other way and and walks away. And we're like, is she mad at us? Like, does does she just not like people? Like, what's going on there? And there was one night I just struck me so much that like these people are made in God's image, and these people, I was put here to love these people in our neighborhood. We're we're here around them. This is where God's placed us. And it just changes everything when you start to think of people in that way. It does. It goes back to that passage in Mark that you read that love God. We love because God first loved us and love your neighbors. And if you only ask those two questions for the rest of your life, how can I love God and how can I love others? I think radical things will happen. And so again, it's freeing to be able to step into who God made us to be as we interact with people who don't know him and people who don't need him. But also on the flip side, um, I mean, we're, we established we're really cool people or not, but, we're, but also part of this is just being uncomfortable. We've, we're also awkward people. Yeah, um, so it's... <laughs> I, I do tend to like to embrace the awkward a little bit um, just because I know I am. Um, but this idea of will you be uncomfortable, and I think for all of us, or many of us anyways, stepping into just getting to meet our neighbors, to know them is something that's uncomfortable. Um, so evangelism has always been an uncomfortable word for me. I never felt like I could do it the right way. I was, I've always been intimidated to share what Jesus has done for me. Uh, because I have this idea in my head of how I'm supposed to share it. And that's just something, it's not necessarily from anything I grew up with or whatever, but it's just something, it's just a way that I sort of took things on myself. Um, But I think stepping into something, not because you heard you're supposed to do it, but stepping into it because God is asking you to do it, when it's not up to you to make that happen, um, it's just up to you to say yes in that moment. And like, we want to be clear in this moment that our neighbors and our unbelieving people that we come into contact with, them knowing Jesus does not depend on us. It's about God's work in their heart. And we, like, embrace these questions and say yes when the Holy Spirit prompts us. But it's not whether we succeed or fail that brings someone to Christ. In Isaiah 43, verse 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so the Israelites, I mean, they were in a really hard place in slavery. And stepping out of that into freedom was a really good thing, but it's also a really uncomfortable transition to make. That step of faith was something that was just really uncomfortable to do. And I think sometimes God just calls us to step into that. I have, we have one neighbor, um, we had a back to school party a couple months ago as the kids were getting ready to this go is, back. Sorry, this is us at our party. You can, our house is right. The big chimney. The big chimney with the nice antenna that you can't see. But these are, this is like half of the neighbors who showed up to this back to school party that a neighbor boy on our street just wanted to celebrate going back to school. So again, we said, sure, we'll show up. Yeah. And 
one of our neighbors there was just telling me about her background a little bit. I don't know how it started, but she said, yeah, my dad grew up in a Mormon family and in Salt Lake City. And um, I said, oh, that's interesting. Like, is he still practicing or what, what's sort of his, like, view in life right now? She said, well, no, he's agnostic and he, um, you know, he's open to talking about ideas of God, but he, you know, doesn't really believe in any one thing right now. And so I said, well, what about you? You grew up in that environment. What do you believe? And I felt like in that moment, it was just like, it didn't even, it didn't feel like an uncomfortable, like, I'm going to go, I'm trying to evangelize to this person. It was just a natural, like, ask the question. And so she said, well, I believe what my husband believes. Uh, we believe the Bible. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool. And what, uh, like, what does the Bible mean to you? Because she started to say. You just kept going, didn't you? Yeah. I, no, I just kept asking questions. <laughs> no, and, good. and it got to the point where she said, you know, like, said, I don't know. I didn't grow up with this. I, you know, I feel like you're kind of, you know, interviewing me or something here. And I said, okay, that's, that, was, that wasn't the point. But like, um, it's just started this conversation. And I think just stepping into the uncomfortable in that moment um, was something that just started that. And we can, and it's not like, we're never going to see them again. I mean, they live right next door. And so those conversations continue. Yeah. And a continual conversation that I get to have is my, our neighbors on the other side um, from us. I walk multiple times a week with Casey and we get up while it's still dark and we go walk before work. And inevitably just being together for 45 minutes, just walking, we have, we talk. And there have been some really interesting conversations that have come up in that. And one recent one I was sharing with, um, Steve had a job switch. And so I was sharing about that and kind of the excitement that comes with it and the challenges. And she made a statement. She said, oh, well, I mean, that's kind of like fate, right? Like you get to make these decisions and hope it comes out for the best. and." Usually, I'm the kind of person that would say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with her because I don't like talking about my, talking about my faith is hard. And, but in that moment, because we've had continual conversations, I s stepped out and I said, actually, I don't believe in fate. I believe God knows everything that's going to happen. And I was able to share a little bit of what I view about God and how he interacts with us and loves us. And that's, that mutual vulnerability has created some really neat conversations with her. She has, she's very spiritually minded. And so we talk a lot about the spiritual side and God and this big lofty idea of a higher power. And so to me now, it's when we have these conversations, it's talking about Jesus. Like it's not just spirituality. I want to point her to Jesus. And I, I would love for him to get a hold of her heart. So, yeah. Yeah, I always wonder why it's so easy to talk about something like running that I'm interested in or that I or app development because I know everybody loves to hear about that. And no. but why is it hard sometimes to just like God is my relationship with God is just as much even more a part of my life than those things. And so just that practice of just stepping into a few uncomfortable moments to um, to allow God to let you ask those questions, let you do those things to just start talking about him. And it's really, 
I don't know. It's for us like we're just like we're not trained to do this. We're not. <laughs> it feels very uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable to just even share it up here. But like, but God's working, and I think. I don't know. There's just something about it that gets me fired up and wanting to talk more to people about him. Yeah. Um, middle school, since we're talking about awkward and uncomfortable, um, I hear you. Yeah. Did any, anyone have relate to me? Like middle school were my most awkward years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in that. It's, there's so much. You're not in middle school, Asher. That's our son back there. Um, he's in second grade. Um, but we have, you've seen a couple pictures, but we have a number of families with kids on our street. And a lot of them are the same age or similar ages. And then we have one girl who just entered into sixth grade. And so it's a new school, new people. She's with those seventh and eighth graders. You know, She's matured so much in the past year which also creates some tension among the kids. They all play together. And so now we have these little kids and we have a budding middle schooler. And that's resulted in tears and hurt feelings from our kids, Asher's nodding, and from her. And it kind of came to a head one day and just drama. And in that moment, I had a conversation with her and what was at the heart of it was that question, how do I love God and how do I love this child? When I want to say certain things to this child about what's acceptable and not in interacting with friends, but what does it look like to love her in this instance? And what came out of it was something very different. It was an invitation. I said, I know middle school is different. You probably feel a lot older than these other kids. I said, how about this? Why don't you come over to my house once a week after school? We'll hang out for an hour. I refinish furniture. I said, I'll teach you how to refinish furniture. So I just invited her to come join me. And I think we've been doing it for three or four weeks now. And we talk some. I get to ask her some. She saves some of her this is why school is weird stories to share with me. I teach her how to sand, how to use power tools. It's a great exchange. but. But it stemmed from this hard question of how do I love this child? And the Holy Spirit stepped in and gave us a very creative, unexpected way to go about doing that. And so it's, it's been a great experience so far, and I don't know what's coming of it. It's a continual, like, Thursday's coming up this week, and I still get to say, yes, am I going to show up? Am, am I going to engage in conversation with her? But that kind of like creative answer to the question is also part of something that the Holy Spirit has been asking us is, will you be creative in how you love your neighbors? And that's just one example. Um, I want to go back to Genesis 1 again and just read that. Like this is after God created all of creation, we said, but God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And part of that means we are all made in God's image as creator. And that is such a cool thing. Like, we are all creative. And I'm, I don't want to steal your thunder because this is something that we're also very passionate about. But, and we're also you and them. We're also very literal people. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about what that has looked like to us 
literally will will you be creative yeah we lee started this thing called dabbling nights where she said i want to learn some new art forms and i'm just want to invite some people over and we want to try something just uninhibited without any expectation of what comes out of it just to try it to do it so the first one was on this thing called paper quilling which i had never even heard of before it's just taking paper rolling it up and strips of paper rolling it up and making some art out of it and I reluctantly said yes and joined in to it, and it was really cool. Like there was, there were people from here, there were people from our neighborhood, um, family members came over, and just to see like the creativity come out. And then we uh, we decided to have a fire night where we would make art out of fire. Because what's more fun than burning stuff? Yeah. So we had like a propane torch. We had uh, matches that. Michael Schroer was He's building in into. Life, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this one, yeah. This was Michael Schroer's idea, by the way, was to light things on fire and make it into art. Yeah, and just to see, like, even the the a lot of the kids in the neighborhood come out and like take glow sticks and make art out of those, and the creativity aspect of it, just doing something where you don't, you you have no expectation of the outcome. It was really cool to see people be brought together in that. And what's neat about what I, what we love about this moment too is there's Michael in the corner. This is actually Avery who was invited to Asher's birthday um, recently, but they're spending time together and they're talking while they're building matchstick creations to light on fire. And I think what's cool about this loving God and loving your neighbor is we love because God first loved us. And something that I think we're, I would say we're really good at around here is pursuing each other's hearts. We do that in group. We ask heart level questions. We live out life together. And what our unbelieving neighbors need is they need to be pursued in that way. They need to not only experience us one anothering, forgiving one another, bearing one another's burdens. They not only need to see that, but to experience that. Can you imagine that? Someone who does not know God experiencing God in that way, when we do that with them, when we pursue their heart, and that's what happens at these dabbling nights, is you guys are there with us, and you're talking to our neighbors, and they're asking about you. Um, they're asking, like, oh, did Stephanie have her baby? And, yeah, that it, it makes a difference. It really does. And so as you go about your week this week, just like a few things to think about. Think about this idea of what does it look like in your neighborhood? What does it look like for you specifically to love your neighbor? I mean, loving our neighbor is sharing the gospel, but it's also about how I can just say yes to those things that the Spirit's asking me to do. So spend time this week with the Spirit just in prayer to say, what are you asking me to do? Because I think that's a question we don't, so many times we don't even know what the question or what the what the ask is of us, um, and then uh, learn learn people's names in your neighborhood if you don't know them. I think we're all in a different place with where we are with our neighbors, and so I mean it might just be as simple as you see somebody out and say, "Hey, I know you. I've seen you, but I don't know your name even." And so like just start that conversation with that, uh, and. For some, it's just, where can I free up a night to be available, to be home? 
I think that's a big question to ask. What do, what do I say no to so I can say yes to being around my neighbors? And then for uh, some of you might be, you know your neighbors pretty well, or at least you know, you know them, but just getting to talk about those more below the surface kind of things is a big thing. So invite, invite a neighbor over for dinner. Is it's, there's something about bringing church to our neighborhood. Like we're breaking down the barriers of entry. So instead of, I mean, not instead of, but in addition to inviting them to come here and experience Sunday morning where maybe the music is a little different, the language is a little different, let's introduce them to Jesus before we even say, hey, will you come listen to someone else tell you about Jesus? Like the more they hear about Jesus, the better. So I want to invite the band to come back up um, and just uh, we'll just kind of close here in prayer about some of this stuff in our hearts. So Lord, just thank you that you have, um, you've put these things on our hearts that you're walking with us as we talk to our neighbors, as we interact with them and as we show them love. Lord, I just pray just for the willingness on our part to say yes to you. I pray just for softening of our hearts, for the ability to love the neighbors that are hard to love and to show, to show your love to them and just to be open to what you have to say for us. Just ask these things in your name, amen.